We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest and then the final event the behind the bangs writing workshop i finally did it put it together put together this workshop because i wrote this book in many ways for younger me and younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught i wanted the gyms i wanted i wanted the knowledge i wanted the education that's what i would have wanted so i've decided i'm doing it and in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn 15 years in my 15 year career as a tv writer and author and blah 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 all the other things i've written there are six things that i always use and all of those are in this workshop so if you have an interest in writing sign up all the ticket links are live today click the show notes click my instagram we are coming to a city near you and there's going to be some meet and greets i'll sign some copies of books we'll give out more books and i have uh, some pieces of merch that i'm taking on the road and i'm gonna give them out at the shows Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates the memoirs of female celebrities. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm the head writer of The Problem with Jon Stewart on Apple TV+. I'm a comedian. I'm a filmmaker. Sometimes I'm in stuff too. And this week is a bonus episode. We are covering Kathy Griffin's 2008 memoir titled A Memoir According to Kathy Griffin, Official Book Club Selection which is hilarious, and so much of the book has Oprah jokes in it, so titling her book as an official book club selection, it's one of the best titles. This book will dish on plastic surgery gone wrong, lots of celeb gossip, but it will also take you back to 2009 in a way I wasn't ready for. So, all right, get ready. So Brooke's mom walks toward me, and she's for sure in the bag at this point. And she's doing like, she's walking toward, but she's kind of doing this like when somebody wants to dance with you, and they're like, hey, who wants to dance? you know, I could be injured. So, so anyway, she comes up and I decided to do this thing where I acted like I didn't know she wanted to dance, but I was acting like she wanted to high five me. Cause she's going like this and I'm like, yeah, sister. So I go to high five her. She must've been a little perturbed by that. So I swear to God, she reaches under and grabs my piece and like squeezes it and walks away. run over to Brooke. I go, your mother just molested me. I could sue you and own this house. So- 
Okay, I had to include that Kathy clip because it's a cookie crossover to Brooke Shields' book, which we covered. Uh, But it's also a good taste of what we're going to talk about in this book, which is Kathy talking shit, doing comedy, and how we feel about it. I have complicated feelings about it, so I brought on my favorite guest ever who heartily defended this book in my DMs at seven in the morning. We went back and forth for like hours when I was recapping it. She is the only guest to ever repeat on this podcast. You'll remember her from the Demi Moore episode. Please welcome Sierra Teller Ornelas. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I mean, I always knew you would be the first and maybe <laughs> only repeat guest ever, but I didn't I didn't see Kathy Griffin coming for us. I mean, I don't think either of us saw that. I had, no. <laughs> I had like a visceral, I feel like um, when like a baby duck glimmers onto their mom and yeah. like maybe it's like, <laughs> where I'm like, I loved her so much in the 90s. And then to hear someone besmirch her now, I'm like, wait, what? We didn't all love her in the 90s? It was like a yeah. complete sort of like, I thought we all had the same experience with this person. And then proceeded to walk around my job and ask people. And most young people had no idea who she was, which I think is like so like heartbreaking to me because that's all she wants is to be known. And then, and then like most of the like gay men at work knew who she was and loved her, like remembered loving her, but weren't staunch defenders. And then, um, so like the older you went, the more people were aware, but she was of a time that sort of like, Uh, I didn't think her time was over. Like I, I didn't think we were done. I don't think we're done. I'm I'm yeah. ready and willing. But I think like all the Trump stuff and like everything, wow. she just she did kind of just disappear. And then and then her sort of I feel like her reemergence has not officially really happened. I totally agree. I totally agree. And hey, maybe maybe this maybe today. <laughs> um, okay, so Sierra, I want to give a little bit of your bio. Do you want to shout your tribes out? Sure. Um, before I start, yeah. Yat a Sierra Nalsian Shit, Tapahanishle, Nakadne Bashashit, Twagli Dishache, Do Nakadine Dishnelli. My name is Sierra Teller Ornelas. I am Mexican American and a member of the Navajo Nation. I am born Edgewater for the Mexican people. And she also lived in New Mexico for a tiny bit of time. And then <laughs> I pretend like we both grew up in New Mexico together, even though yes, we did not. Childhood friends. <laughs> um, Sierra has done so many things in TV. She's a TV writer. She's an award-winning Navajo weaver. She's a mom. She's a comedy writer. And kind of the big thing is that she's the showrunner of Rutherford Falls, which just wrapped their second season of production. And when she first did this podcast stood in a trailer on set, which I I cannot explain how insane it was that a showrunner did a podcast. It's it's why I love you so much too, because I I so didn't deserve that. And you you stood in a trailer on your hour break and like yelled about Demi Moore with me. I did. I had to. It was so much fun. It was the best. And also, um, (laughs) I, you know, we were, we were debating about Kathy and I was like, do you want to come do this episode? And you were like, I cannot. I'm running a show. I'm way too busy. When? I'll do it. And I was like, Sierra, no. And you're like, yes, I'm doing it. And I was like, I want you to, but also I shouldn't have done this to you. And now here you are stuck here in a trailer. Are. She's literally in a trailer again, you guys. <laughs> I really owe you. I really owe you. Oh, no, no. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, okay. So to dive in to this book, which, which again, I want you. I want you to win this debate. I want to be changed. I yeah. I will say is I listened to it, so I listened to the audiobook, and I think it's a much kinder listen because you can yeah. kind of hear moments of real vulnerability in her voice, or where she retells certain moments. You can tell she's uncomfortable or like trying to laugh certain things off, like the stuff with her husband and how yeah. he like stole from her, and and so I will say I started reading it, and then I switched to the audio, and I will say she reads much more unkind than she sounds. 
So that makes it, sense. it's a little bit of a different experience just as like a caveat. That makes sense. Also, I think, unfortunately, the very, the very first page of the book makes jokes about Oprah and Gail being gay, which I was like, I kind of forgot about that whole genre, you know? So you're just like, whoa. And then she's also talking about, she calls it Britney's peach. She's talking, you know, her yeah. Jean. Mm-hmm. So she's talk, she's making jokes about seeing Britney's peach and how she can't stop staring at the photos on page one. And I was like, whoa, 2009. I wasn't 2009 ready. was dark days. Like, yeah. 2009, I mean, you, you got the man show. You got... Like, it is yeah. a pre-woke Jimmy Kimmel. It's a blackface Sarah Silverman. It's a, I'm trying to think of what, it's the, like, all... Black, blackface all, 30 Rock. Blackface 30 Rock. It's, um, how do I know you're gay, 40-year-old virgin. All things that a lot of us howled with laughter at and then now look, like, insane to us. Ten years. I always yeah. wanted to do an Austin Powers movie where a guy from 2009 comes to right now. <laughs> I feel like it would be, like, as Damn, crazy as Austin Powers. genius. Sierra, you always have the best. She also, you also had another screenplay pitch with it's a 9-11 Jessica Simpson crossover. It's hard to explain, but it's so good. <laughs> I need you to stop working on this job and start making all these movies. I will try. I will try. But no, I just I, it's like such a crazy. I'm not like making excuses. It was terrible behavior back then. But especially if you're working in like comedy rooms, like oh, yeah. seeing the shift. I came here in 2010. And the shift of, like, what you could joke about in rooms that I didn't necessarily always enjoy versus, like, now is just, it's, like, night and day. It's really crazy. And it's I was really working in wild. very progressive rooms, but, like, it was still, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like, I feel like four years ago there was someone in a room using the R word. Um, yeah. And, and with, like, no, like, uh, idea that it should possibly not be done, which is... It it is weird to think 2009 wasn't that long ago. It's like it's a you know it's a little over a decade, and so much has changed. So is, much has okay, changed. So I I do want to know your feelings on this because I don't think you can judge um, jokes in the past. I just don't think that's how humor is created. Humor is like topical and of the moment, and like when we look back and we're like, oh wow, like Kathy's jokes are very unenjoyable to read. But I, but I'm not sitting here being like, you're a piece of shit and never should have opened <laughs> your mouth. You know what I mean? It's like, it is 2009. Like, that was accepted in culture. So it's like, how do you feel about, like, what was accepted in culture and, like, how do you look back at it? You know what I mean? Totally, yeah. I mean, like, comedy spoils, right? That's the whole thing, right? Like, drama yeah. gets better and comedy spoils. And <laughs> Mike sure was talking about, like, he wrote this eulogy for Carl Reiner and he was talking about, like, the beauty of Carl Reiner was that he was funny for, like, 80 years. But he was saying how, like, comedy from 10 years ago is, like, cringe. 20 years ago is, like, offensive. And then 30 years ago, it doesn't even make sense. It's not even, like, the same language. Yeah. So if you find people that can make you laugh through the ages, like, I I think that's an amazing feat. I also think it's interesting to go back and, like, figure out what people thought was funny 50 years ago or 40 years ago. and, And certain, like, so I just like jokes. I like joke constructions and learning stuff. But as a woman, a fat woman and a person of color, I'm obviously like the butt of those jokes. There was like way more punching down long ago. Yeah. And so I don't know. I I do compartmentalize probably more than I should of like enjoying the structure of something or or like the the cadence of something. Yeah. Like, like I love Bugs Bunny. And like if you go back and watch some of those, they are rough. You know what I mean? But oh yeah. But I still love like how they made me feel or how I was influenced by them. 
now. And so I try to like enjoy that, but I doesn't mean I go back and revisit it often if it's, if it's a bummer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So 2009, you know, blackface, like, okay, we actually knew blackface was bad. 100%. When it was began, it began as a cruel form. So that's where it's like, okay, that was always bad. So that was bad then. But when you go back into moments where like, I know this is such a dumb reference, but I was just writing an essay and I like put a Peloton joke in it. And I thought to myself, like, this is going to be so cringy in two oh, years. This is in what two I'm, years. I'm terrified of because like right now our show is going to premiere, you know, later in the year. And I'm like, will any of this still make sense? Because <laughs> yes. it takes yes. so long to make these like shorter season shows. And yeah. I'm like, will any of this still resonate by the time? Because also culture is changing so quickly now. Yep. Like, I think it's, I don't know. I, I go back, like, I also just think in the concept of inclusion has changed. Like, yes. like people hate Hamilton now, but when it came out, everyone was just so happy to see brown people playing white people. <laughs> like, I, I've only seen Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. I, oh, I, that's I, a rough way to see I it. I thought it was a little corny. I didn't get yeah, it. So I'm like, I'm not the best person to judge. I'm like, I love Kathy Griffin and I hate Hamilton. This is really great. <laughs> no, but like, I, no, no, no. I, I don't, I don't know. It, I think... I think it's of a, I think every, all of this stuff is just of a time. I think it was like yeah. exciting when it came out. And if you weren't there when it came out, it's not going to make sense to you now. It's a little yeah. bit like Kathy Griffin. Like if you were there when it happened and it, and you dug it, like you'll defend it in a way that you probably wouldn't if you're just now coming upon what, what she's doing. The, okay. Well, bringing us back to Kathy Griffin, <laughs> she starts with these jokes where I was like, oh God, I don't want to read this, you know, because it's like, it, it's not enjoyable. It, it was totally humor in that year. But, but this is, this is what I'll, I'll say though. I, and I think this is the crux of our debate. And then we'll get into the book, which is that Kathy, she talks shit as comedy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think like what I will just make my like heart like my hard case for Kathy Griffin is that like when I was young, I I did put her in that category of like Margaret Cho and Sarah Silverman of just kind of calling out how fake and stupid Hollywood was and mm-hmm. how like unfair it was to women, how unfair it was to like not classically beautiful women. And I think like what I liked about her which I think was different than Jeannie Garofalo and Sarah Silverman. Like, Jeannie Garofalo and Sarah Silverman were both really cool, and they, like, played it cool. And I was like, well, I'm never going to be cool. I don't, I'm never going to pull that off. But, like, Kathy Griffin was sort of like, I'm going to force you to hang out with me, and I'm thirsty, and, like, I'm going to figure out a way to, like, get into these rooms. And I was like, that is my energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean, like, the Kathy Griffins, like— her being so open about like plastic surgery before a lot of people were, or like yeah. talking about like, you know, this is what happens, right? Like these people starve themselves or da, 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 da. it's a little bit of that Margaret Cho, like kind of whistleblowing through your comedy but I, that but that's I what, really, I don't know. Yes, that's, but that, this is exactly what bothers me about her though. I know. Because I think that whistleblowing is great, but she both shits on it and wants to be a part of it. 100%. So it's like, but, so, but it's like, you, what, why, why do you get to tear down the people who have it just because you want it? Why is that okay? But she doesn't lie about wanting it. I think that's what's nice. It's like girls are supposed to like kind of sit there and wait and wait to be chosen and wait to be. And she was like, no, I, I want this. I'm going to create a comedy night to like attract people. I, yeah. And I also think too, like the ambition on a woman like never looks great. And she is like blindly ambitious and is not at all apologetic for I it. I 
completely agree. But Margaret Cho was ambitious as fuck. And she doesn't tear the system down the way Kathy does. And Sarah Silverman, super aggressive. Janine, super, like, they're, they all have those qualities. Yes, but I think she's being as authentically herself as those three other women are being. Like, I agree I, with that. Like, I think it's like, it's just not your vibe. But like, that doesn't mean what she's doing doesn't have like value. Oh, I, well, I never said that. I have a... I have immense respect for Kathy. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, no. good. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then no, no, why no. am I here? I can go. We should. That's all <laughs> I wanted from you. <laughs> oh my God! I should have DM'd this. No, I respect her. This is a this is a measure of liking. Do I like it? Like, do oh. I want to be around it? Do I want to uphold it? Like, do I want to think this thing is cool? Like, you that's watch, what I'm struggling did with. Did you ever watch her specials? Did you ever like watch her comedy? I did. She takes these sort of paragons of of entertainment and makes them into regular people. And I do think Mm. there's something really fascinating about, like, at the end of the day, Oprah is still a woman with feelings, and she's really fucking pissed off that Barbara Streisand painted her microphone. And I think that's why, like, people like Jerry Seinfeld like her. That's why people like Joan Rivers liked her, because she did have that ability of kind of, like, taking these icons and just making them regular people. Like, Larry David's okay. not calling you if you're not kind of a cool person, I think, personally. Okay, okay. Diving into the book. Okay, we have, oh my God. We gotta get okay. this book. The book, the book. So, Kathy Griffin, she's a latchkey kid. She has very loving parents who, they're featured in her TV show. They're around all the time. They're in the book. Um, and kind of the big thing, like the big boon on Kathy is that she is, does not look the way people think she is supposed to look. And she is punished for what she looks like as a child, really through now, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like kind of like the red hair and like all, all these things that she doesn't think that all these things that people are really horrible to her about and like are, are in- incredible bullies about. She gets like and beat up I, at school. Like, yeah, she gets like, yeah, like you're ugly. Let me beat you up. You're like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to like punch my face into a different shape? Like what's <laughs> the purpose of this? That was just a little teaser of our patron-only episode on Kathy Griffin's book, and it gets even spicier from there. If you would like to hear the rest of the episode, go to patreon.com slash It is also linked in the show notes. And sign up to become a patron. For $5 a month, you get access to the bonus episodes once a month and first dibs on live show tickets. And if you don't want to become a patron, that's fine. We will keep dropping our normal episodes, but bonus episodes are only for what we're calling our cookie patrons because this podcast is totally independent now. We are funded and supported fully by the Patreon. So sign up to get a bonus episode and also sign up to support the show. And it's patreon.com slash Chelsea Devontas.